Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome. We are excited to get to today's episode. But before we do, I wanted to give you a quick little update about something. Um, so we are now, this is our 13th episode of season five. It is, uh, it's going, that's for sure. And uh, we have a lot more to cover, a lot more episodes to record, to edit, and to release. Um, but after today's episode, there will not be a regular numbered episode next week. Instead, you will be getting a Champions episode next week. In fact, the 13th Champions session will be at least two episodes, possibly three, depending on how the editing comes together. Uh, but these episodes are very important. Uh, they are actually telling part of this story that's going on right now. In Season 5, it is pertinent to what has been happening with um, Chris and Meg. And also it ties into some things that were mentioned in this, that will be mentioned, I suppose you haven't listened yet, in this very episode. So next week, look forward to listening to our next Champions episode. I will also say it is one of the funniest episodes we have ever done, in my opinion. It's one of the funniest sessions of d and I've ever played. We had a blast playing it. So look forward to the first part of that next week. Uh, and don't skip over it. It is very important to the story of Season 5. And uh, over the next few weeks, however many they are, we may go back and forth between numbered episodes and Champions episodes, uh, but you won't just get Episode 14 next week and so on and so forth. Those will also be peppered into the regular release schedule to give us a little bit more of a buffer uh, because the summer, as usual, has kicked our butts. So thank you for your patience, and uh, thank you for joining us on this journey. This is an intro to a podcast Yeah, that is loved by people. Dun, 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 dun. Man. And we love you too. Peepholes? We love you people too. Except for 17-year-olds. No, we don't, we don't love them. Yeah, you 17-year-olds better get out of here. I can't believe you're even here. Why are you here? We don't love them and they don't love us. What is the hate <laughs> against 17-year-olds? They're 17. They're 17. It's such a terrible age. <laughs> well... <laughs> Welcome to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons adventure. For all ages. For everyone. For uh, everybody. I'm Paul, and I'm the Dungeon Master of this here podcast. Tonight, <laughs> I'm joined by some friends of mine uh, who have joined me on this wild D&D adventure. Hey guys, wow. it's Jeremy, and I play Blaze Blightwood. I'm Jeffrey, and I play Joe. Mama. Joe Mama. Yo, Mama. I am Alan, and I play Miracle. Miracle. Hey, I'm Felicia, and I play Margaret Cavendish, Margaret. also known as Meg. And what's my zombie's name? Marlinda. <laughs> Marlinda. Something. Hera. Hera. What was it? Heracross. Marlinda Heralda. Ah, Marlinda Heralda. Yes. Isn't Heracross a Digimon? Yes. It's a Pokemon. Yes. <laughs> no, it's a Yu-Gi-Oh! He's a champion. Zach. Level Digimon. Zach. My name is Zach, and I play... Who do I play again? Walking Walk the Plank Pegbeard. But my friends <laughs> call me Peggy. <laughs> Peggy! <laughs> Hi, my name is Caleb, and I play Kellen, 
And we are excited to play some Dungeons and some Dragons today. But first, there are some things we need to do, discuss. And you may have noticed a change. Suddenly, I am all alone. And uh, that's because we actually recorded this episode the night when our patrons from Patreon gave us an incredible thank you gift in the form of a video of, or, or actually not a video, but an, an audio clip. Uh, we were doing it live on video with just a bunch of kind things to say and, and thank yous for the last, I don't know, six years-ish of um, doing this show. So if you haven't listened to that, um, you haven't seen that, we actually put our reaction video up on our YouTube. It's available for anyone anywhere to see. You can check that out on the Make Believe Heroes YouTube channel. I'll try to remember to stick a link in the show notes here of this episode. I think we've already done that before, but I'll do it again just in case. Um, but yeah, there's some things we need to do. And since we were kind of in a rush because we plucked out like 40 minutes of our recording night to do that and then the reaction and different things, we we shortened our recording here for some things. So uh, I'm going to quickly read you a five-star review. This review comes from Running Brook 44 entitled Absolutely Hilarious. Five stars. I love this podcast. I started listening during season four when I was looking for something interesting to listen to. This podcast did not let me down. I love Jeffrey's random and totally unpredictable intros. This podcast has me on the edge of my seat and laughing so hard my face hurts from smiling. I cannot wait for the new episodes to come out and brighten my week. Don't ever change, guys. Thank you so much, Running Brook 44. That was a very kind review. And Jeffrey's intros are a source of joy for us, also a source of great frustration for Jeremy. So I'm glad that you could uh, enjoy those. And thank you so much for the kind words and for coming along with us. And speaking of joining us and coming along on this journey with us, we want to give a shout out to one of our patrons. If you support us at patreon.com slash heroes at any tier, we will give you a shout out on the show just to let you know how much we appreciate you. Just like Ryan Double B. Thank you so much, Ryan Double B. You are amazing. You make all this possible, and uh, we're just incredibly thankful that you cared enough about us and our show to support us with your hard-earned cash. And uh, if you love our show, you can support us there, or you can leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on the show. And we just we thank you all for all your support over these last many years. And we look forward to bringing Season 5 in for landing very soon. All right, that is enough for now. Let's talk about what happened last time on Make Believe Heroes. Last time, our adventurers finally made it into Joseph's vault in the Darksome Key. Meanwhile, Chris uh, was headed toward Rune Cathair to complete his mission to get a level 3 runed stone. But on the way, he made a call to a friend in need of some aid. Mogert, at home visiting family with a new friend of hers, uh, quickly set out to meet him in Rune Cathair to help him on this very important mission. But back in the vault of Joseph, the group saw that there were these strange blue vines that were eking some 
disturbing liquid all over the floor and all over them, and, and it began to affect them in some negative ways. But finally, they got inside the vault, only to discover that one of their companions, Larta, was in fact an agent of the Unchained. And he did something nefarious, which brought forth some undead, one of whom was Joseph's old captain, Captain D himself. They fought for their lives inside the vault, and as they stood strong, we ended with a call from the ships behind as Amber messaged to Joseph to tell him they were under attack by undead ships and creatures, and they were all in some big trouble. The last of the centaurs steps through the large circular glowing gate in the brightly lit green grove of Atonia. Standing alongside the gate is a majestic golden androsphinx. He lowers his head with a sigh. <sighs> that is the last but a woven person. May they find peace. Yes, indeed. And I suppose Dervetter will want your help as well as my help in achieving that. Certainly. I'll do all that I can. Still, it is a sad moment to see all that Atonia has built gone. If I can help it, Blackfire will experience that loss tenfold. Ovi growls with a deep growl. I hope that the gods will allow me just one opportunity to taste his flesh as well. May we flay him over an open flame and pack the salt on his missing skin. Yes, that sounds delectable. It is good to salt your meat before eating. Yes, indeed. But, little elven person, I do believe the vetter is awaiting us. Let's not make him wait much longer. Ovi turns, looks around, and Jim, you, surveying, you can hear the winds of the absence all around the outer walls of this last room of Atonia's Grove. Jim, as you look around, you recall the first time that you were here in this place. You see the strange, dangerous plant life all around, the most exotic things you'd ever seen at that time as you stepped through the gate with Cervance, Guy, Kellen, Charlie, and Lorik, where you met Ovi. But now it's time to leave it all behind. Ovi steps through the glowing circular gateway. I step through behind him. You come into the noticeably cooler stone platform where Dervetter stands, his arms crossed, seated on his throne, waiting. Oh, so it is done then? Yes. It is done. Well, then let's close the door. He lifts his hammer, holding the end of his maul toward the gate, and icy flakes creep up along the edges of the stone markings along the circle of the gate. As the ice covers the gateway, the light fades and it crumbles. 
Alas, we have much to do and little time to accomplish it. Aye. Ovi, King is waiting for you. You are dismissed for now. Ovi bows his head in obeisance. My lord de Vetter, when you are ready for my aid, I shall come at your beck and call. And Ovi turns and bounds off the side of the platform, flying down across the astral plane. How are you, Jim Leo? Uh, I've been better, but I suppose I've been worse as well. No. Yeah, yeah, I've been worse. I... Life is filled with sweet surprises. And, of course, very difficult days. This is true. But we have a job to do, Jim Leo. He stands and walks toward you, shrinking to a similar height, still much larger than you, Jim Lil, but a similar height. And he turns to the left and holds forth his maul again, and a window appears over the skies of Manumi. And you see it now in a way you've never seen it, all spread out almost like a scroll before you, like a map in a way that no cartographer has ever seen, and no, certainly they would give anything to have seen in such a way. I see a map. I am truly blessed at this moment. Well, this is our world, Jim, your home. And I cannot... I am not in my same powerful state that I was before we broke our oath. Whenever he looks back down at Jim... Jim has a parchment and is furiously scribbling, drawing out the map. <laughs> uh, I, um, uh, it would be good to remember this. Um, and that would actually be helpful, I'm sure, because I can't create all I could before, even in this astral plane as large as it is. This is no home for beings like, like the Tabaxi, or the Eladrin, or the Centaurs, or the Fairy Folk. Uh, some may choose to remain here, and that will be perfectly well. But if we can stop the machinations of the Unchained and our crooked father, then I would like to find a home for them in this world, Jim. He says, motioning again toward Manumi spread out before you. Where, uh, where should they go? Is there, uh, is there a realm that will welcome them, or must, should we stake out our own? Claim for them? I believe there are realms that will take some, but Jim, you saw how many there are. There are many. This world will have to make some changes to accept them. If we can save it. And if we can't, well, then I suppose neither shall the astral plane be a place of safety for them. But we cannot dwell on such things as that. We must keep our hope. Keep our confidence, or we will bring retribution to the doorstep of Sebastian Blackfire. Will we not, Jim? Oh, yes. That is a certainty. So here's what I would like for you to do, then. Uh, I know you've... you need to... Well, you need to return to Monubi, Jim. It's time for you to go home, for now. Eivor and the others are waiting for you at Branshire. The Dracon Gully Simeon and the others, of course, would, would offer their aid to you for the battle that awaits us. And I shall be there very soon as well. 
day approaches when we will make our final stand. But for now, I would like for you to go to Fallen Grove. Oh, I shall go to Fallen Grove. It is destitute, Jim, but Nephiel lives, and he is making preparations. Nephiel, you, you remember him. Yeah, the Nephilim. No, the... Well, now he is the Arch Druid since Elevandre has passed on. And he was killed by Blackfire, but... By a work of... The power of the gods, he has been restored. So, you'll find him there, I hope. But Fallen Grove still is a wasteland. Go offer him what aid you can you have within you. The power of my beloved. And he puts a cold finger on your chest, and there is a glow just beneath your sternum. Your sternum. You have the touch of Atonia in you, Jim, as her champion. Perhaps you can help. Perhaps what you can do could help in this war. I will do all I can. Thank you, Jim, for everything that you've done. And thank you. We will avenge her. And I shall send others across the realms as well. To Rune Cathair, the sacred home of the gnomes, I will send two of Atonia's own creations. A centaur and a tabaxi with great aspirations. They offered their help and so I will reward their desire. <sighs> it is truly magnificent. All she did, isn't it? It is... It is breathtaking. When we first created Manumi, she gave life to the halflings and to the gnomes. I don't know if you know this, Jim, but she did so for the gnomes as an honorary gift to me and the halflings for Paylor. They are her own take her variation on a human-like being in the halflings and a dwarf-like being in the gnomes. Some may look at that and say she lacked creativity. But I submit to you that was simply her kindness and creativity. He says, turning, looking back behind his shoulder toward the direction where Ovi just flew off moments ago. Ah, she was the most creative and ingenious of us all, was she not? As she was. Ah, well, I have work to do and so do you, Jim. Those two will go to Rund Cathair, and you shall go to Fallen Grove and see what you can do. I will do all I can, and more. He gives you a nod. Then he holds his maul to the right, and beside you opens a small triangular gate. I walk through. Let's do this. The voice from Amber inside your mind ceases. And Blaze, it is your turn. You are surrounded by enemies, but there is a moonbeam right next to you. Yeah, I'm going to kill Peggy. Okay. You turn <laughs> hey! toward Pegbeard. And? I immediately attack. It's going to be nasty. Okay. Attack. There you go. There's a 21. That's a hit. 
nine slashing damage, and then 2d6 fire damage. Okay. 20 total. So you dropped zero hit points, Zach. All right. I need your DC is a 25 this time. Uh, I can't reach it regardless. Just roll it. You might get a nat 20. Hey. 19. Oh, Yuck. man. Are you kidding right now? Wow. Well, it was a 16 plus 3, so. Okay, I thought it was an actual, like, 19. I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. Well. Jeremy, Chris will remember this. <laughs> with that. Chris will remember. <laughs> with that. Pegbeard. How do you kill him? You are the weakest ghost I have ever encountered. And the first. And he just holds oh, the sword hurts. inside of his gut and lets the flames, like, mm. evaporate him. Uh, burns him up. See you in the afterlife. Um, so the goon that is close to me, that is the weaker one, I want to murderize him as well with my second attack. All right. Oof. Natural one. Mm. Uh-oh, natural one. Are you serious? So that's Dang. actually going to that's going to end your attacks too. Yeah, that would have been great. He's going to he's going to take an opportune <laughs> attack on you. That was against the wrong ghost. With yeah. that natural one Peggy comes back to life. <laughs> <laughs> 21. That's a hit, right? That's a hit. All right, you take 11 slashing damage. Okay. And that's the end of your turn. It ends my turn? I have an action surge. You want to use it right now? I think so. It, okay, let me let me say it like this. The nat one will end your attack action, so you don't get that third attack. Perfect. But if you want to use action surge and go into a whole new round of attacks, then you can do that. That's what I want to do. I want to action surge and start attacking again. Okay. You've got the two peons and Captain D standing next to you. I want to kill the peon that's almost dead first. Okay, that's the second one, the one in the middle. There's a 20. Here's the normal damage. And here comes the fire damage. 17 damage to the one that was already hurt. So how you kill him? Same way. Just stick my sword in his gut. Okay. It looks like this is going to work every time. Burn him up. I'm going to use my next attack to go for Captain D. Captain D. Have at me. Not so good this time. Just a 14. That meets. You hit him. Oh, nice. First set of damage. 10 plus 8. Okay, so 18 damage as you slash him with 4. Well on him with my last attack. Ooh, just a 13. Hmm, that is a miss, unless you have an ability to add something to it. Yep, I can do Persistent Attack, which lets me add a D10 to it. All right, and I mean, that's going to hit. You're one point away from hitting, so if you use that, you'll hit it. I will roll damage. Okay. With my magic sword. A million damage. Six plus four is ten more damage. Ten more damage. Okay, you do it, and that's the end of your turn. I'm going to disintegrate you as well. Let's kill ghosties. Felicia. Marlinda. It is Marlinda's turn. So she's got a thing against Joseph Stormbright, so she's going to go for him. I just mm-hmm. feel like that's what she would do. Yeah, y'all know each other. It's no offense. No, it's offense to Joseph. Offense, no offense to Joseph. That's scallywag. Try something. All right, so she's going to use her hand crossbow. Mm-hmm. You have disadvantage. I oh, have yeah, yeah. Disadvantage. Yeah. yeah. So that was a 16. Okay. Okay, so that's a 10 plus 5, so 15. 15. That's a hit. Okay. 
Go ahead and reel it. 1d6 plus 3. Mm-hmm. 3 plus 3, so 6 damage. 6 piercing damage plus... Okay. Roll a d6 for poison. 5. 11 damage. I have resistance to poison. So you take 2 poison damage. And then you have to do a constitution saving throw. You do, but you have... Constipation throw. You have advantage on the constitution saving throws right now because of your previous successes. Good thing. Cause that second one's a nat twenty, baby. Yeah, oh, baby. Um, nice. I'm gonna say with a nat twenty that you are now immune from the blue rot. You're immune. All right. For the remainder of this fight. So that's Unlike all Kellen. she's gonna do. The first one was an eight. Mm, I saw that. It was bad. Um, okay, you gonna oh. attack again? I do the same thing at disadvantage for uh-huh. the, the nine plus five. Fourteen. So she still hits you. Yes. Roll, roll me two d sixes. So you take eight. Non piercing damage. Oh my gosh, that's another six. And you take three poison damage. That's that's already halved the poison. So you take twelve total damage. Did you quit? Dang. She is. That's the end of her turn. Good. You've gotten a little stronger, but not strong enough. Mm-hmm. Very good. We'll see. The peon standing next to Blaze is gonna go ahead and take a slash at him. Bring it. I have a question. Is he the one that is in the moon? Oh, yeah, he is in the moon. So go ahead and roll me the damage for him. And he takes 4d10. Melt him. Melt him. 4d10. 24 damage, Kellen. 24 damage to this first dude. Yes. Nice. That light burns him up. And what kind of damage is that? Disintegrates him. Uh, it is radiant. Well, that's an important kind of damage. Indeed. So actually, I was wrong. It's not 24. It's actually 48 Boom. damage. Because as you, you see... Yeah, boy. Pops him out of existence. These specific dudes were weak to that. And you he literally, he like turns and raises his sword. And then the light burns him away. <laughs> like ash. <laughs> so the peon's dead, that one. The other peon is across the room. Uh, and the, the one he is closest to right now is Charlie. So he's going to move up toward Charlie. And try to attack him. Sir Charles, look out. Sir Charles. You can take two attacks. The first one is a 17. Is that a hit on Charles? I'm pretty certain it is. Yes, his armor class is yeah. a 16. Yo. Can I buy armor for him? So that's <laughs> one. Yeah, you need to. And the second one is even higher. So. Oof. Let me roll this twice. Uh, he takes 12 damage. Charlie takes 12 total. That's not too bad. Uh, and that's the end of his turn. Next, Captain D. And he also takes. He also takes it. So roll, roll me uh, another one for him. Another one. No, but he takes half, right? No, he doesn't take half. Oh, I thought he passed. Oh yeah, we did. We were already rolled. So yeah, he takes half. So roll just two d ten. No, no, no. You roll four d ten, and he takes half of that. Four d ten. Oof. Twenty one. So he takes ten radiant. But you see, you can tell that it is actually very uncomfortable for him, as he says. Oh, don't like that, do I now? Come, little gnome. And uh, he turns back toward you, Kellen, and reaches out a hand. I can't shake your hand from that far away, I'm sorry. And his tentacle comes out of his wrist again. Ew. It kind of spreads open toward you, and he aims it in the direction of you, Charlie, Brackle. Because you're all in that direction. And ink, black and blue thick ink, comes spraying out of this tentacle in a 30-foot cone. And I need you three to make me a constitution saving throw. So Brackle and Kellen and our boy Charlie. thought that was going to be a natural one. <laughs> it looked like 
my con is affected by how much it was three uh no it's only down one point so what did you roll i rolled a 17 on the dice so it's an 18 so with gotcha. an 18 you save so you're gonna Perfect. T- you're gonna take half of this nice. uh what about charlie roll for charlie roll for charlie look at that there we go. Natural twenty. Charlie is a king. He's a king among gods. Charlie is going to seeing it happen. He's actually going to run towards you guys, and he's going to shield Brackle because he can get between him and Brackle. And Brackle, you're going to have advantage on your save. Oh, nice. Constitution. So that's a seventeen. Okay. Total. Total. That is a success. So you and. Uh, Kellen are both going to take damage. Charlie's not going to take any because it was nat 20. Because uh, that's how we do. Um, you're going to take half damage. I'm rolling it now. And it, this is necrotic damage. So you take 11. You take 11 necrotic damage, both of you. Um, and you both succeeded, which is good because that would have been bad if you hadn't have succeeded. <laughs> Crafty Barry. And then he, not even turning, he's going to swing his arm back toward Blaze with one greatsword attack. And that is a 22 to hit, Blaze. That's a hit, right? Yes. Yes. I'm just a 14, bro. Here comes some damage. Don't do that. Five slashing damage. I am not scared. And oh, 17 cold damage. How you doing? I have 27 left. Oh, my. Does anyone notice it is getting cold in here? Must be time to waste some ghost. That's the end of his turn. Kellen, it's your turn. Woo! I have a question. Yes. Can I make a, if I make a wisdom saving throw to try to stop or whatever throw to try to not be frightened anymore, does that take up my action? Uh, no, I would, you, you can do that at the end of your turn. So you, you should be able to, gotcha. you actually should have done it at the end of your last turn. So why don't you make me one now? Okay. What? It's a wisdom. Yeah. That's a failure. Yep. Even with a good wisdom. It's an eight plus four to 12. I'll double check what was the, yeah you uh, you needed a 13 so Dang. you could do another one at the end of your turn if you want all right sounds great instead what we're going to do is just attack the big bad boy who okay. wants to hurt my captain so much uh if you move toward him and put marlinda behind you she won't be in your line of sight and you won't have disadvantage on the attack then we shall do that but how far do i need to be towards him you don't have to get within melee range if you don't want to. Like, you can get within 10 That's, feet. I would prefer not yeah, to. Yeah, you can just kind of scoot away from her, because you can't go toward her, up and around toward him, and then attack him. Okay, perfect. I am going to... I'm just pulling out all the things. Do it. This is a smoke them if you got them situation. Smoke them. Yeah. Or just don't have them. Like me. Oof. Sorry, Zach. I'm, I'm going sorry. to use <laughs> Call Lightning at 4th level. Oh, baby. I like that. I like call lightning. Dang. Call it. Lightning. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Cylinder mm-hmm. 10 feet tall, 60 foot radius. 60 foot radius. We're all dead. Oh. If, if you call lightning in here, it's going to fill this whole room up. <laughs> all the coins. It's 120 <laughs> feet wide. Everything just. Uh, hold on a second. No, no, no. It's okay. You fill the room with lightning, but then when you actually call down the flashes, you choose a point you can see, and it only strikes in a five-foot point. Oh, so that's a lot better. It fills the room with a lightning cloud, but it doesn't strike everybody. Okay. So, Real yeah, you can do that. All right, you cast it? Yeah, I'm going to cast that. 
Fourth level. All right. You choose a point. Lightning flashes down from the cloud to that point. Each creature within five feet of that point must make a deck save. Um, so you'll just want to put it to where it doesn't also hit Blaze. Yes, that is what I shall do. Thank you for not killing Blaze. No hit Blaze. Joseph, it's stormy up there where you're at right now. <laughs> Good deal. That's what you I like. You feel right at home. You love it, don't you? You like yes. that. All right, roll, the, roll me the... He needs to make a dexterity save? Yes. Well, let me go ahead and roll you one of those. Roll it. Was his deck save there? Oh, there look it is. at it right there. Oh, Ooh, baby. He rolled is. a three. That does not. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. So uh, he fails yes. that save, boy. Four D10. Right. Oh, oh yes. baby. Roll it. Roll it, baby. I bet you won't. I bet you I did. 24. 24, 24. lightning damage as a lightning bolt comes striking down. <laughs> as he's holding that cutlass, he slashes it back to where Blaze. <laughs> and he yanks it back. Oh. Lightning <laughs> just strikes down into him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <goodness. laughs> That's cool. Dang. He's smoking a little bit. A little bit. <sighs> he's smoking. Smoke Where's me friends? Take out the bloody gnome. I also believe that would end the moonbeam because moonbeam is a concentration. It would. Yeah. If they're both concentration, if they're both concentration, then yes, it would. Yeah, they're both concentration. Is that the end of your turn? I'm also going to. I've not used a bonus action, right? Nope. Okay. I want to use a bonus action to wild shape. What are you wild shaping into? I'm going to wild shape into a giant constrictor snake. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, baby. Let's yes. do it. Oh, Kellen, uh, you turn into a giant flipping snake. Does it have a beard? Literally snake. Tell me. It's got a little red beard. Got a little red beard. A little red beard. A snake. <laughs> a little gnomish beard. <laughs> what does the snake look like? A snake? It is giant, kind of tannish, almost mm. like a khaki. Khaki. Uh, and he has a little he has a little pirate hat on his on his <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, you're a snake snake. Amazing. A little red beard. Uh, Linnaeus. Is it my turn? Joseph, it's your turn. Joseph. Is there a group of them that's pretty close together? No, there are in fact three of them. One is down below you who's trying to attack Charlie. The other one is her over there against the wall. Hello. And then there is your boy Captain D. Who's down there next to I've been hitting you like a million times. Yeah, I saw that. She's the one who's been hitting you. So I'm going to use my action to do the investiture of wind. Yep, you still got it. Do it. So To create a 15-foot cube of swirling wind centered on a point you could see. Yes. And where do you do that? Right on her, right behind her, so it pushes her towards... Right on Marlinda? Yeah, okay. everyone else. She's on the right side of the room, so you need to make me a constitution saving throw, Marlinda. Five. Okay, so that's an eight total. Oh, yep. I'm sorry, that's a that's a ten total. Yep. That's a failure. Ten. Sixteen damage. Sixteen. Let me see here. That's the first time she's been hit. And she goes ten feet. And you can push back ten feet. You're now ah! against the right wall. Okay. And then I will use my font of magic to do a bonus action lightning bolt on her. Quicken spell? Yes. Okay. Uh, I need a dexterity saving throw. 11 plus 3. Okay, so 14. 14. It's a fail. That's a failure. Failure. Roll me that lightning damage. Roll that beautiful lightning damage. What level footage. is this? Uh, it's a third. Destroy so them all. 21. So 21. 21 lightning one, damage. Day one. No, this room is full of lightning right now. It's really loud, the thunder strikes are. 
<laughs> I'm in danger. Uh, it burns a hole through you, Marwin. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, Zach, you're dead. Uh, Brackle. Dang. You good? Wow. Oh, he's so You good, shady. Alan? Uh, the Bible says there are none good. That's true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, I'm good. Yeah, so I'm gonna. What's still alive or undead? I'll shoot it. Captain D. Medicine woman. Um, Mar Marlinda, which is Felicia, and one peon, who was over there on the other side of the room being pushed back by winds. Are they ten feet away from each other? No, none of them are ten feet away from each other. They're more than okay. Each of them. Uh, I want to shoot Captain D with a lightning arrow. Oh baby! Man, this is lightning. All the lightning. Thunder damage. Man, we are lightning this place up. Yeah, boy. Thunder. Thunder. That's a third level spell. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to cast it. Okay. Basically. You just make an attack, right? Uh, make a ranged attack. Mm -hmm. That's an 18 plus. Plus 11. 11. So a that's a 29. 29. Yeah, I think that hits. Okay. And then it is 48 damage. It's 48 damage. Uh, go ahead and make me a dexterity saving throw, Blaze, because you're going to you're gonna be in 10 feet of it. Oh, no. Apologies. I didn't realize that. Oh, no. I didn't realize that. I only got a 10. You won't take four. You won't take the four. <laughs> you'll, you'll just take two here in a minute. Am I also nearby? You're 10 feet away from him. Oh. So you need to make me a dexterity saving throw. What's eight times four? Oh, my gosh. I'm just kidding. So that's 19 damage. Okay. 19 as you shoot a lightning arrow at him. I'm going to parry. Okay, what's that do? Let you, let you roll a thing to add to it? Let's me roll a d10 to reduce it by that much. Oh, okay. Yeah. So go ahead and roll that 2d8 for me. Kellen, did you make me a dexterity save? I did not. Hold on. That's an 11. Dexterity saving throw. Okay. I got a 14. <laughs> That's no bueno. And it's an 11, and I'll already take half, right, Paul? No, you take all of it. You you failed save, so you take all the damage. Okay, I'm going to reduce that with my D10. What's your DC, Alan? 15. 15. So you missed it, Kelly. Ah. So you're going to take it. There you go. I'm going to take two instead. Ooh, baby. So you take two damage, uh, Blaze. Kellen, you take 11. Oof. And you're the, remember, you're the snake. Oh, yeah, that's right. My Snicky snake. Slither snake. Badger, 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 yep. mushroom, mushroom. Uh, and with that, we roll back around to Blaze. Blaze. I'm attacking. You coming at Captain D? Captain D. That's an 18. Okay, that's a hit. Nine plus two more. Oh, 11 on the first, sorry. And plus eight more. Yep. It's 19. So 19 damage. Dang, you slash across him. Second attack. Ooh, that's going to miss. That's an eight. Eight total? Yeah. Is a miss. Third attack, 26. Oh, my goodness. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. That is definitely a hit. And actually, that was a natural 20. It was a natural 20? Oh, was oh it? my gosh. It was it's a natural 20. 20. Holy <laughs> cow. So, so it gave you, did it give you the four? It, it did, give, it did right? give me 4d6. So the total is 14. Double the fire, too. Double the fire, too, baby. So I get 44s. Mm-hmm. So the first total is 14. The second total is 15. Oh my gosh, 29 damage. 29 damage. You cleave off his sword arm. <laughs> Boy. I'll not be going down like this. Stormbright. Let's go. I'm going to evaporate you just like your friends. <laughs> uh, okay. 
uh, Felicia, it's Marlinda's turn. But she'd probably just do the hand crossbow yeah, again I mean, since yeah, she got she through just, across the room. For sure. How dare you? And she'll <laughs> hit him storm bright again. Okay. With disadvantage, right? Yes. That was a nat 20. So 16 plus 5. So that's a hit. Oh. So 1d6 plus 3. So roll me, roll me 1d6 and then roll me another d6. That was a 6. So 8. And that was a 4. So you take non-piercing damage and 2 poison damage. Okay. Okay. One more. 13. 13 plus 5. That... These dice. <laughs> uh, roll me two d6s. Literally just rolled two sixes. That was literally two sixes. So nine slot piercing damage and three poison three damage. Poison. Are you still up? Yes, I have seven hit points. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. She's targeting you. Yes. I'm so sorry. It's fine. It's, this is a monster. This I'm is a you. monster. All right. <laughs> uh, it's the peon's turn. The peon is going to rush forward toward uh, Brackle, who had just shot at him a second ago, and try to slash Brackle. Brackle, your armor class is what? It is a million billion. Uh, 17. A million billion. First one's a miss. It's going to swipe at you again. And the second one's a miss. No, no takesy backsies. So he misses twice. And it's Captain Deester. Captain D is going to roll to recharge real quick. He's not going to hurt me. He does not recharge. He turns to find the gnome. He looks up and he sees Joseph flying. And he says, I'll not leave without you, Joseph. And he extends his his chopped off arm towards you and a tentacle comes out of it. Mm. He says that, but then he turns his uh, tentacle arm toward Kellen. But I'll start start with your gnome gnome friend. friend. It's a, not, it's a 16. Does it hit your armor class, Kellen? It does. It does hit my armor class. Okay. You take eight necrotic damage, and I need a constitution saving throw. DC 15. Hey, where did that Larta guy go? Oh, yeah, he killed him. Huh? Maybe. I mean, he stabbed him. He stabbed him through the chest. Yeah. Michelle. Was he laying there? Yeah, is he just laying there on the ground? How much did I take? You took eight damage, and you need a constitution saving throw. It is a 14. Mm, you're one below it. So what that means is you eight you lose eight hit points off of your uh, maximum. maximum. So I have a question because mm-hmm. I'm wild shaped right now. How does that work? Oh, it comes off the maximum of your wild shape. Cool. Not bad. Isn't that nice? Thank you, wild shape. Yeah, it's just like a cushion. That's what wild shape is. Uh, and with that, it's actually no wait. He's still got. Uh, never mind. He's got two great sword attacks. He's going to take those. First one is a 23 to hit you, Blaze. That hits. Who's doing this? Base. Captain D. Captain D. Did he pick up his sword from his he, lost arm? That's a good point. Yeah, good question. Yeah. He shot the, he he shot shot the tentacle, tentacle out of his cutoff arm. His sword okay. sitting on the ground, right? He had another sword. I'll say he drew a dagger from his hip, so it's not his nice, good Cut. sword. Cutlass. It's just a dagger. So it's still a hit, but it's only a dagger, Okay. You're going to take one plus <laughs> three. You take four oh my slashing gosh. damage, uh, or piercing damage, rather, from the dagger. To parry or not to parry? That is the question. Well, he's also going to come at you with cold damage. Parry the five. Yep, I'm going to parry the cold damage. And that's 15, 15 cold damage. Yep, I, I, I'm going to roll. Yep, I'm going to spend my last dice to parry and reduce it by 10 plus three. 
I'll say only gets one attack since he had to draw that. I reduce it by 10 damage. Six total. Take six total damage. Yeah, I'll take six. I'm down to 19. <laughs> I was going to ask. So what I saw is that when I'm in B-shape, it does not break my concentration. Yeah, I don't think it... It doesn't break your concentration when you're a snake. You just can't cast spells. Yes. Right? But can I call down lightning again on him? Like, can I use... Because it's still going on. On each of your turns, you can use your action to call down lightning in this way again, targeting the same point or a different one. Perfect. So it's up to you. Hey. You can go do that or go try and snake him. I'm going to I'm gonna call down lightning again on him. Okay. What's he do? A dexterity save? Yep. He rolled a natural one. Yes. Woo, boy. So the natural one, he's actually going to take double damage. So nice. Eight D10. Yeah, roll it. That's a lot of dice. Kill him. Oh, that one was a six, and it went to a two. Forty damage in total. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> so he is down. He has to make a save. Okay. The DC is five plus the damage taken. Forty-five. <laughs> Good luck, Joe. Oh my gosh! Right. He is going to roll a 45. Constitution saving throw. Any chance he has a plus twenty something modifier? <laughs> uh, I think that's a seventeen. So, oh, yeah. as close. the lightning strikes down through him, it like blows his legs. Off. Oh my god! And his body goes flying back against the wall, and and and, it, and Blaze, it, it's like so concentrated on him, it doesn't affect you. It like literally is maintained inside of his body. Some of that goop flies onto you, and he flies against the wall, and as his upper half of his body is like falling down, it's starting to like ghostly evaporate. He looks up and says, <sighs> "Pirate well, Linnaeus, you've earned it." And he fades away. <laughs> That's disgusting. Rest in pieces again. And as he does, his peon also fades away. And Marlinda's gone. <sighs> I should have just focused on him. Nice. Jim, you step out of the glowing white triangular gate. And your feet find purchase on an enormous tree branch, a limb. It is not like a flat platform, but rather like you are standing atop a great giant limb that is spread across a huge opening. With a quick scan around, you see that you are in the midst of a number of dead trees. With a glance down, you can see a hundred feet down to the floor of the Forest of Fallen Grove beneath you. Nearby, there is an enormous chasm torn into the earth. And the tree that you're standing on, the roots are jutting outward and writhing through the chasm. And down in the chasm, you can see more trees crisscrossing down through there, as well as buildings and different structures that are just in disarray, busted apart down through this chasm. It is cool, not too cool, but slightly cooler than even the throne of Dervetter where you were just standing. And everything around you seems dead. The wind is blowing. It is cool. But at the moment you look around, you notice one other thing apart from all of the dead trees and the dead limbs. You notice that maybe 25, 30 feet away from you along this enormous branch that is jutting outward, there is a small structure, a little hut of sorts. It is a small hut. It looks to be in 
perfect state. No damage on it. You can see that it is, strangely enough, resting almost perfectly balanced on the center of this branch. It doesn't seem to be shifting. Now, you can feel the tree that you're standing on shifting a little bit in the wind, even though there are no leaves on it or anything like that. But the structure, the hut, the, the building, uh, doesn't seem to be moving on the branch. It just seems to be moving slightly with the branch, swaying almost like a ship at sea. After noticing it for just a moment, you notice a sign above it, and you recognize this place. It's the Impressive House of Linens, or Eye Hole for short. You remember that place? No. It's where you got your robe. Oh, this is where uh, Gretch was. This is where Gretchen was. Yo, Gretch, you still around? You say that? No. That's the only thing you see from where you are right now. I mean, you, you know, you can get down pretty easily, pop out some wings and fly down or climb down, you know, like a, you know, with squirrel legs or anything you wanted like that. I mean, you can do whatever you want, obviously. But there is the impressive House of Linens strangely preserved amidst what is obviously the total destruction of what was once the canopy. Hmm. Well, this is sad. It is. Jim doesn't say that exactly, mm-hmm. but he's just kind of looking around solemnly, and a tear, a single tear, runs down his cheek. Yeah. Does he approach the impressive house of linens? Uh, yeah, he, he approaches that thing. You just walk up to it and open the door, or what do you do? I walk up to it and open the door. What do I do? <laughs> Alan. You step into the impressive house of linens, and it is exactly the way you remember it. There are a number of fancy, colorful clothes on mannequins around. There are beautiful robes and dresses and tunics, belts with diamonds, lots of jewelry all around. And there's the little desk where you once stood and bartered for your eye of robes. Your eye of robes. Your robe of eyes. My eye of robes? Yeah, your eye of robes. You hear from behind a curtain. Just a minute. Uh, is it Gretchen? There's no one there yet. You hear some rustling around back there behind the curtain. Do you wait? I'll wait. Just a minute. After a moment, the curtain is pushed to the side, and standing there is a halfling woman. She has dark black hair. And it seems like you remember there being like some little streaks of gray in it before, but now there are these meticulously placed streaks of lime green. She is wearing a long kimono-like dress. It is purple with a beautiful pattern of cherry blossoms around it. And she's wearing an equally green belt sash around her waist, tying it. And she leans against the post of the door, pulling back the curtain, and she says... My, my, if it isn't Gemalil Karth. So, uh, I reckon you're still in business? Well, I still have my shop, but I wouldn't say that I'm in business. Um, to have a successful business, you have to have customers. And, well, Jim, you're the first customer I've seen since Blackfire came and destroyed this place. As well as your goddess, Atonia. Jim just pauses at that. Yes, it is very tragic indeed. She was a sweet goddess, wasn't she? But I, uh, well, I put a, put a bit of protection on my shop, just in case. I wasn't in town at the time. I was taking care of some business elsewhere. And, well, it's a good thing I did put that spell on this building. 
And it was enough. It wouldn't have been enough had Blackfire targeted it individually, but of course, the canopy was destroyed by the explosion of Deicide. So, are you in the market for some new clothes? What brings you here, Jim? Why are you here? I'm here on official uh, business. Oh? What sort of official business? I'm here looking for Nifael. Uh, Nephiel's here. Well, he's not here, but he is in the forest. Uh, he is down there in the... You, did you see the large hole in the forest floor, the chasm? I did, but I'm afraid of the gloom, so I didn't go in it. Oh, yes, the gloom will get you every time. But it is he's down there, along with his friends. He's doing important work. I'm sure he would love to have your help in that. Um, I can... Show you the way if you'd like. Who sent you? Aren't you on on assignment with Diverter? That's how did you know that? How do you know these things? Oh, I'm sorry, Jim. D- Gretchen, yes, that is my name. But I, I'm, I'm afraid I, I may have done a little teensy bit of deception. Um, I am, my, my name is actually Vinraya the Sly. I am a green Dracon Kelly. I'm sorry to dump that on you, but I mean, you being a champion of Atonia, I'm sure you can handle a little draconic news, right? As she was saying that, he's got his quill out, and he's he's got like a big, like, messy notepad, and mm. he just writes Gretchen, then Arrow, Venrea. Venrea. <sighs> but, Jim, I'm, I'm sure that uh, you're going to want to get on with your business, and I, I do have some things I need to take care of. I just swung by to pick up something that I needed for what we're working on, or well, what what I'm working on. Um, but I did have a question for you. I have a suspicion. I've had a suspicion for quite some time. It was mostly confirmed for me by a, a tiefling girl in Branshire some time ago. But you know that little, that little vial you gave me, in exchange for that beautiful robe you're wearing? Yes, the, the goop. Where did you get that? I picked it up from the, the big goopy thing that was chasing us on the way here. Ah. You and your friends, the elf and the, the paladin and the gnome and the bear. That's right. The big goopy thing, as you called it, of course, she says, putting her hand gently on your shoulder. Was that my sister? Ah, uh, who's your sister? One of the other Kellys? Yes. Was it... Dimvarga. Jim darkens at the name. She was with us as Saluan later on, but I don't... And I, I believe that she created many of the constructs. I don't know... What Do I know whether that was her itself? You don't know, um, but you do know that when you all fought her in the grove, that dragon thing came out of your back. Oh, and actually... Now that I think about it, yeah, you totally know, because you have your memories back. Mm. Yes, that was her. Uh, I didn't know at the time. I thought it was just a unknown pursuer. And you know me always, well, I assume you know me. You seem to know a li- lot of things. Always looking to... Uh, I do. To understand, to learn, to figure things out. And so I took a sample, hoping it would lead to answers, even though I had them all along. Just, she had blocked them from my memory. I see. Well, Jim, in the last eons, or at least centuries, I know you're not that old, but you're not young, Jim. I mean, a 
A millennia looks good on you, I must say. She says with a wink. Well, dang. But you spent more time with her than any of us. We believed her to be dead. And I know that she was corrupted by the touch of the wicked ones, the unchained, they call themselves. And that is, of course, how she was able to do many of the things that she had done by then. I mean, don't get me wrong. We are powerful, she says, and she grins and her canines kind of stick out. But Dim Vargas, she was doing things that no dragon could previously have done. I mean, the sheer number of servants, draconic servants that she had... I mean, armies of draconians. I hear you were calling them lizard bats. Uh, yeah, because they they looked like lizards, but they also had wings like bats. Yes, yes. And so, I mean, it was on the nose, but I think it, right. that way anybody who heard the name and then later saw one would be able to be like, oh, yeah. Yes, yes. That moment, it's, it's very important and cathartic as well. But Jim... You you spent many, many, many hours, days, months, years with her. Was she in pain, Jim? And Jim, in this moment, is reminded of many things he has forgotten. His memory has gotten better over the time that he has spent as a champion. His ability to recall, to remember things that flooded back to him in the moment that his deception was removed in the grove that first day. But now he... He often is able to walk back through, and when he dreams, he often dreams of those moments. But he would say, without any doubt, that she was in great pain. Yes, she was in. She was in a lot of pain. Benrea, her cool, sly countenance, slips just a moment. You see her lip droop the slightest, but then she recovers. Ah. Well, you know. Darkness will do things to you. It will take you places you never thought you would go. Take it from me, Jim. I have had my share of uh, spats with the gods. Um, but that's, well, that's a story from another time. Perhaps we'll, perhaps we could meet again, Jim. I do so enjoy our conversations. Yeah, certainly. She puts her hand on your chest. What is... What is... What is that, Jim? She pulls her hand back. That's my chest. No, this. And she runs a finger down the seam of your robe, and there is that orange glow again. Uh, I don't know. Did somebody else do something to me? You reach into the collar of your robe and pull out an amulet. A totem. It's the totem that Otonia gave you the day that she made you her champion there in the tea cubby. Ah, uh, this is my tea cubby totem. It's glowing. It's glowing. I can see that. But why, Jim? I do not know. Do I know? You do not know. I do not know. It's not done this before. Never? You've never experienced this glow before? Have I? And I would say, yes, you have, when Atonia would speak to you from afar. Yeah, whenever Atonia would speak to me uh, like it was a sending stone, but uh, never otherwise. I listen. You don't hear anything. There's no sound in your mind, no sound in your ears. But the totem glows for just a few moments and then it dims again. 
Minraya looks shook. What could this mean? I... I don't know, Jimalil. But it is exciting. It's interesting. I'm afraid I must go. Pronciana's waiting. You see, she has your goop, the goop you gave me. She's been experimenting. Um, oh, and the Unchained will be expecting me also. I have to go. So, I have much to do. What are you doing with the Unchained? Oh, well, my name is, after all, Vinraya the Sly. And her eyes turn yellow. And she sprouts wings. And she flies up through the ceiling. Are you a spy? And she's gone. Stepping out from the shadow comes the shade. Well, wasn't that a fun little exercise? It was not fun. You come back down? Yeah. I have to say, I am surprised you did not help out at all. You must be a coward. At all? I was helping. And he holds up Larda, who he's got by the scruff of the neck. This little weasel, he almost took all of us down, didn't he? Why would you betray us? Is he still alive? He is unconscious, but seems to be alive. I cast lightning bolt on him. Do you really? At fifth level. Oh Tell me the truth. Do you do gosh. that? Gosh. Yes. Oh, you you murder him. The shade just lets go. Good. Oh. I blow a hole through his chest. Oh, straight through. My. There will be no time for traitors. Ow. He automatically fails. Dex save. I'm sure while he's conscious. He he takes all the damage, and you do kill him. And he is dead. Good. Well, he was apparently unchained. So mm. I knew there was something up with that guy, and I'm a pirate. <laughs> Blaze walks up to him, and I feel like that was extreme overkill. But I enjoyed the show. Well, you don't look so well. <laughs> Perhaps we should get back to the ship and get some rest. But let's gather what we need first, since we took care of all these enemies. Ah. Do you think maybe we should have interrogated him? I uh, it's too late now, isn't it? I'm not going to waste a resurrection spell on this little thing. Also, <laughs> Joseph... You uh, can resurrect? Joseph, just so you remember, um, Amber told you that the ships are being attacked outside, and you're surrounded by undead and monsters. Ah, just so everyone knows, the ships are being attacked. Oh, so there's more of these out there. It would seem so. Then perhaps we should get what we need and go in a hurry. Yes, probably. Blaze starts stuffing his pockets. Don't take my money. <laughs> this is payment for me killing your dead friends. <laughs> your dead friends. You can have five gold coins. I'm stuffing gold coins in my pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Linnaeus, come along quickly. Tell me, what are we looking for? Tell me, where can we find this, this pearl? Uh, it's uh, in one of those jewelry cases over there. All right. And he goes and immediately begins looking. What do you do, Joseph? I'll just go off to the side, mm -hmm. and there is a chest over in the corner oh. by itself mm -hmm. that I go get. Okay, you collect small chests. Kellen, you do anything? I, <laughs> I'm i going to think, I must come out of B-shape, mm. and I want to look around. I love that Blaze is just grabbing coins. He's not even interested in anything. <laughs> I want to pirate something for my own captain. Okay. I mean, the captain would let you have something, but... Okay. Okay. But I feel like he would be proud of me being a pirate. 
That's, that's... We'll see if you can get away with it, mate. <laughs> roll me a D100. A D100? Yeah, roll me a D100. Boop. 91. Oh my gosh. Holy cow. You rolled a 91, dude. A 91? That's pretty freaking sweet. Uh, Joseph, how much uh, How much you willing to let him uh, do here? What are you doing? Oh, you mean what can he have? No, I'm saying I'm going to put him on... Uh, I'm going to put him on a horde here. Horde table. I want to do this crap. How I am? Come on, I'm not doing this crap. I've been stuffing stuff. Yeah, bro. You can roll me a 102. Yeah, you can roll 102. A 91. Uh, Kellen, roll me three D6s. I got an eight. Okay, so with an eight, you find eight 100 GP gems. So you get 800, 800 gold. Nice. Then roll me a D4. D4? Mm-hmm. I got a one. Okay, so roll me one D100. I'm glad it was just a one. <laughs> I got a 97. Oh, my gosh, he did. Are you kidding me? It's on the what app, is bro. That's crazy, dude. Nice. What is this? That's insane. You find a green quiver. Um, it's got like bronze inlays and like a nice bronze metal top and a really well-made strap. Um, it has three compartments inside of it, and you don't know what it does. Did you pick it up? Hey, Captain, I found this quiver. I have no idea what this thing does. Can I have this? I would not have asked him. Well, I mean, if he it's his stuff. I don't want to steal it. Did you roll D100, Blaze? I've rolled several. My first one was a 30-something, 30 32, I think. Okay. Um, Brackle, while I'm settling up with Blaze, what do you do? Uh, roll the D100s. Plunder that booty. Yeah. Are you... Are you grabbing things? Okay, roll me a D100. Oh, I'm going to plunder, of course. What did you roll, uh, Blaze? 32. 32. So, um, roll me 2D4. Six. Okay, you get six gems that are worth 25 gold pieces each. And they all have the robe of ice. Roll me a D6. A six. Okay. <sighs> Dear God. This is getting ridiculous. Roll me six D100s. What? Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Holy crap. It's okay. These are This is a low-level magic item table. Okay, let's go one at a time. 43, you get a potion of healing. Just a regular potion of healing. Mm -hmm. 91. 91, you get a second-level spell scroll. Another 91. A second-level spell scroll. Uh, 53. 53 is a cantrip spell scroll. Ooh, 97. Oh my gosh. That is a greater potion of healing. Mm, and last? One more. Is a 40. 40 is another potion of healing. So you stacked up on some potions of healing. You get like a bag of them. Blaze is like picked up a sack and just started cramming crap in it. You hear him clanking, clanking. I will accept this as payment. Brackle. What'd you roll in the D100? Uh, half of a right angle. Alan, so a 45? 45. You know math. Okay, roll me 2D. 2d4s. Good answer. Math. It's a seven. Okay, so you get seven gems worth 25 each. Wow. Seven of my cousin? Yeah. So you got like 175 gold pieces. Amazing. 175 gold? Yeah, basically. Where do I put that on my on my character sheet? Let's it goes somewhere. I also need a d4. Right now, one more d4. From me? Mm-hmm. Two. Okay, roll me two d100s. 93. Dang, y'all keep rolling up. Oh. And another 45. What'd it get? Well, I don't know what this does. I don't either. But you find some very beautiful, silvery, mithril armor. Oh, 
hoop. Nice. Blaze needs that. And it can be basically whatever kind you need it to be. So oh you can go gosh, check that, that out in terms cool. of like the, the type of armor that you are proficient with. Joseph going broke after the night. The others are 45. You get a potion. Bro, this stash is <laughs> huge. And on it, it just has the word growth written on it. Oh, mithril ring mail. Can be ring mail. It can be chain mail. It can be plate mail, Scale splint mail. mail, half plate, breastplate. It's it's like anything you want it to be. Okay. So whatever your whatever type of armor whatever you're proficient you're, with, yeah. it just becomes that type of that. That is a beautiful armor. I will love to sell that for you. And it's very light. Wow. And it does not give you disadvantage on strength, even if that type of armor typically would. Or I'm sorry, on uh, um, stealth, which is nice for you. Cool. Rackle just got OP. Okay. Wow. And you got that potion of growth. Potion of growth? Yeah. The shade comes walking around to you, Joseph. He sees you as you pick up the chest. Well, I think I found what I needed. And he's got a small little, like, silvery jewelry box. And he opens it and reaches inside and pulls out this amulet. It is white gold uh, attached to a equally white gold chain. Very thin and sleek. And there is a... A white gold symbol, amulet symbol, in the shape of the scallop of Provalian and embedded into it, and it's, it's almost like curled around it, embedded into it, is the purest, most beautiful pearl that any of you have ever seen. Except when you look at it, it's solid white and pure, but then in the lights around you, the dim lights around you, it seems to shimmer, reflecting the many colors of Provalian's spectrum. And anyone who looks on it, um, who, who's standing here, Joseph, you're standing around, I would say that maybe Kellen has walked up, any of you, Blaze. If you look right at it, you hear whispers in your ears, and you're reminded of things from your past. Wow. Well, we have what we needed. Shall we go? I suppose. And perhaps we should hurry. Mm, perhaps we should. He puts the amulet back into the box and closes it and slips it into his robes. Shall we? And he takes off. You all take off. Charlie, running. He picks you. You hop on his back, Kellen. All of you take off running out the back. And as you do now, ringing up, as soon as you exit out the door of the vault, ringing up through the entrance tunnel, you can hear the cries of strange creatures and people yelling and screaming and battle. And as you run out onto the shores of the Darksome Key, you see three ships. Two of them are engulfed in blue flames. To find out which two, you'll have to tune in next week. Oh, poop. No. Retro. <laughs> Cliffhanger. That's not good. Me and Zach will play the ships <laughs> next round. Yeah, mine will uh, probably sink first. Blaze will target it. Mine will be the one on fire. Hey, <laughs> thanks for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Make Believe Heroes. Yeah. If you did, we love you. let us know. Reach out to us on Patreon. Uh, dot com slash make believe heroes or on the discord or send us an email to letters at make believe heroes.com or on twitter mbh podcast instagram mbh podcast facebook.com slash mbh podcast we love you we love you we cannot wait to continue this adventure next week yeah goodbye goodbye, goodbye. bye everybody bye goodbye goodbye And as he does, his peon also fades away. And Marlinda, you feel yourself going and you say, I don't feel so good. Mr. Stark, <laughs> I don't feel so good. And Marlinda's gone. <sighs> I should have just focused on him. I could have killed him in turn two. Nice.
I was really glad that something happened because I was gonna be so <laughs> You were about to get murderized. <laughs> yeah, I hate being a bad guy. Should have focused on him. That would have been great. Yeah, I tried to play. <laughs> tried to play in character. I wouldn't have been sitting here for the past hour, Jeremy. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> in the arms of an angel, the angel has arms. I don't know the rest of the words. <laughs> the angel has arms. A little hut of sorts. <gasps> Java. Uh, yeah, it's Job of the Hut. He said, Mbakaidaka. I go and poke his belly. <laughs> no, 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 it's not Jabba. Oh, that is so fetch. <laughs> I know, isn't it? It's the fetchest. You've always been streets ahead, Gretchen. Well, I try, I try, but but now it's time to leave it all behind. I'll leave it all behind, leave it all behind. Some sad days, oh, sad day. <laughs> On wings of sad, Please. wings of sad. I'll fly away. No. Oh.